intercepted by Bynum. Purdy threw it right to him. 34 ticks left, trailing by five, needing to get into the end zone. Purdy steps through, floats in his pick, and that's it. Bynum gets another. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The voice of Joe Buck for Monday Night Football, Brock Purdy, a couple picks at the end of the game. Niners lose to the Vikings. And then on Wednesday, Brock Purdy enters the league's concussion protocol, and we're all thinking, okay, like Sammy Darnold's going to start on Sunday for the Niners at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Colin Wilson from the Action Network is going to join us here in just a second. And Colin's like in our like waiting room right now. Colin, we got just like a couple pieces of breaking news that came, and we're just going to report them here, get Ken's initial take, and then we'll bring Colin on to give us his college football bets for the weekend. But uh, Matt Barrows, uh, who covers the Niners for the Athletic, tweeting about 20 minutes ago, Purdy's practicing, and we talked about this yesterday and a little bit on Wednesday, Purdy's practicing again, and as Barrows writes, barring a setback, Purdy's on pace to be cleared from the concussion protocol tomorrow on Saturday, which would put Purdy in, in on track, obviously, to start the game coming up on Sunday against the Bengals. And remember, yesterday we said this, Adam Schefter started to like, walk back his tweets on Wednesday, like a, well, actually, like it, it's not unprecedented that a player could be placed in protocol and still play on Sunday. So maybe Purdy's going to play. It actually feels like that's more likely than not that Purdy starts on Sunday now. Niners hosting the Bengals. And now we officially know Kyler Murray listed as doubtful for Sunday's game by the Cardinals. Um, as they host the Baltimore Ravens, so very likely another week of Josh Dobbs. Procedurally, this matters also with the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. I'm not saying Kyler is definitely getting dealt, just that if he has an injury designation, the Cardinals don't have to activate him to the 53-man roster. If he had, did not have an injury designation, then they would have had to activate him. So they don't have to activate him to the uh, to the active roster right now. So just like a little bit going on behind the scenes there maybe with Kyler. I'm not reporting anything. He could very well start next week for Arizona. So Ken, those two people pieces of news. Kyler doubtful. Purdy looks like we'll likely to start, it feels like right now, but not confirmed yet. And then we'll bring Colin on to give us his college football bets. Yeah, this is uh, as you would expect. So like line movement in the NFL during the week is like very, very much predicated on like public injury information and when it becomes available. Uh, as you would imagine, this information becomes available. We're reading it on the show. It's very public. Uh, a lot of markets have gone from four. So the Niners were four point favorites. The board is just littered with four and a halfs right now and things are like starting to move a little bit. Uh, five is a really dead number. So, you know, I think we could just stay here like rather than the five and a half that we were when Purdy was going to play. I think something in this range makes a lot of sense but that move is not surprising like the idea that a lot of places went four to four and a half on the idea that he's going to play and just to remind people this was five and a half six at the start of the week when purdy was not in concussion protocol now to be fair no money had really entered the market yet but that's kind of where we were prior to all this happening so you feel like we're at least back close to where the market was when he was going to play and now it comes back to just like okay but even that being said what do people like in the game people think the Bengals are going to turn into something different uh you know by week and all that stuff maybe um or play on san francisco because they have been very good for a couple weeks so that's where we are in that market basically four to four and a half there's not going to be a move in the the ravens cardinals market for this sunday because like it's going to be Josh Dobbs. Now, this got bet out to nine and a half very early in the week. I think a, an interesting game day question for this game is, is there just going to be so much interest in the Ravens that this goes to 10? And what happens when we get to that number? I know for me, that is a buy point for Arizona for sure in the game if you don't have any action already on the game. So we can talk about that on Sunday probably. But the biggest thing is pretty more likely to play. A lot of places go four to four and a half. And that is for our live audience, the breaking news here. Um, so again, it looks like Brock Purdy... Me- 
I think he's likely to start based on that tweet from Matt Barrows from The Athletic, and then Kyler Murray listed as doubtful by the Arizona Cardinals. We apologize to our guest, the great Colin Wilson, who joins us every Friday here on the show. Colin, sorry about that. We had the breaking news. Had to like had to, had to get it into the show there. Colin is the best. ActionNetwork.com, the Action Network app. His podcast, Big Bets on Campus. We encourage everybody to check it out, featuring friends of the show, not just Colin, but Brett McMurphy and Stucky as well. And he's on Twitter at underscore Colin1. My friend, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. How's it going? Uh, it's nice listening to you guys talk about NFL. A league where you have to report your injuries, it's just not a world that I live in. It's not a world that I know about. There, I don't get to learn about injuries until five minutes before kick. So I'm, sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Nick Nick writes in the chat, well, like Arthur Smith kind of kind of didn't do that. And a lot of people got screwed because they probably had Bijan Robinson props and and uh, and, you know, maybe maybe bet his props, maybe Adam in fantasy, maybe Adam in daily fantasy. But you're right. And and college is just it's the Wild West with this kind of stuff. And maybe I, I don't know if any of the biggest games that we'll talk about will have injury concerns in the quarterback position. But, man, there's like 25 games that have injuries at the quarterback. So, God, I mean, God bless you, Colin, for going through all those <laughs> those injury reports and, and all of that information. There isn't like a marquee game this week, Colin, where it's like, well, we have to start with you know LSU Alabama, which we'll obviously start with, start with going for next week. But why don't we why don't we do the Heisman first? Just because it feels, we usually do this kind of to close. It feels so open right now. And we talked about this last week. You said, hey, like one game, this thing could get crazy. Penix plays bad. Now we're in crazy town. Like that's really where we are right now. Like JJ McCarthy has become the favorite. Also, his team cheats. So that could be problematic. <laughs> Michael Penix is the second choice. He was really bad last week, but like still has been very good this year. Jaden Daniels from LSU is in there. Travis is in there. Dylan Gabriel's in there. Bo Nix is in there. Marvin Harrison Jr. is still kind of a long shot, but had a big game and, and gained some traction. How, how Are you betting this thing right now? What do you make of this feels like the craziest week of the year to talk about this award? Uh, for the record, I'm not betting this because I'm not allowed to bet it, uh, but I am to, allowed to vote. Fair enough. But I, I, I would happily give gambling advice for those that want to bet in this market. Uh, listen, the, the bet you need to make this week is Bo Nix at uh, 20 to 1 on the Heisman. Because if you look, I, I did a piece at Action Network this week, came out on Tuesday about who has the easiest path to sweep the remaining schedule. And, you know, teams fell 73%. I think Florida State was like 89%. Yeah, I mean, I'm including the conference championship games. Well, Oregon was up there like around 80%. And if you look at their schedule for the rest of the year, if they get through this Utah game, they're hosting USC at home, not really worried about it. You know, they're hosting Oregon State at home, not really worried about it. I mean, they have the easiest schedule of everybody in the Pac-12 that's remaining when everybody's got to collide and go up against each other. And Bo Nix is just a different animal at home. He is way more productive at home than he is on the road. So if he can pull it off, and get this win here at Utah. That 20 to 1 is going to have monster value. He's got a 19 to 1 TD to INT ratio, and he's only 400 passing yards short of Michael Penix. So, in my opinion, yeah, I know what the numbers are for McCarthy and Penix, but if you're looking for value on the board, by far it's Bo Nix, who just needs to win this game, defend home, and he's probably in the college football playoff. Nick and Ken, you better, you better. Phenomenal Football Friday, college football bets and thoughts with the great Colin Wilson from the Action Network on Twitter at at underscore Colin one, Colin spelled with two L's. Colin, could be a big game, could be a small game. What's your favorite bet coming up this weekend in college football? I think Georgia, Florida is going over the total. I, this is, uh, it took some steam down below 48. 48 is very key. We're above that at 49. 49 is pretty key. The next one you got to look for is 55. But when people heard about the Brock Bowers injury, they immediately thought that this would hurt the Georgia offense. Well, I just don't think you're paying attention to what these guys have with Ra-Ra Thomas out on the outside. They have so many explosive players to go to for Carson Beck 
Ladd McConkey is healthy now. But when really this comes down to Dominic Lovett, he's in the slot. He's going to take all of those passing routes that Brock Bowers had. And you look at Dominic Lovett this year, he's got like 30 catches, only one TD, kind of buried in the depth chart of, of places for Carson Beck to throw. But last year he had 2.9 yards per route run at Missouri's offense. Like he was one of the best wide receivers in Missouri's offense. Now he gets a chance to shine. And when you look at Mike Bobo and the history that he has at Georgia being the offensive coordinator and calling plays, whether it's at Georgia or it's at Colorado State, it's play action pass and it's four verticals downfield. This Georgia offense is about to be more explosive. I'm not going to say it's going to be more successful. I don't think anybody can move the chains better than Brock Bowers. But when you're looking at explosive plays, that's what's about to happen with Georgia down the field. And if you look at Florida's secondary, I think they're 111th in defending explosive pass. Give me the over in this game uh, in, the, in the world's largest cocktail. Colin, I know you alluded to, to Bo Nix Heisman. Like, that's the bet that you would make right now because the, the schedule toward the end. And to be fair, and, and I think you make a great point, those USC and Oregon State games at the end of the year, I mean, that's like totals in the 80s. You know, like those games are just like, you know, offensive bonanzas, which is really good for, for getting stats to, to win the Heisman. And you might have said it in the answer, and I might have missed it. Do you have a bet on this game against Utah? Obviously, I think this game's not going to be light, but this game probably not going to be a shootout. Oregon six, six and a half on the road, just kind of a funny setup. Utah obviously off that USC upset last week. Yeah, I, I do. I, I bought Utah at seven. That's not there. I would still buy it at six. I'd buy it at five and a half. I make the game three. This game is going to be a complete grind. I, I don't think you can really point to any Utah offensive stat because that offense changes week to week. We've now got a defensive back who's their star on the offensive side. we got a pig farmer lining up underneath center as the quarterback who beat the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, this offense is the craziest story in college football. No one's talking about it because it's late at night, but Utah's offense, I, I can't really tell you how great they're going to be against Oregon, but what I do know is that Oregon has holes and deficiencies, especially against the pass, that Utah is going to be able to take advantage of. When you go to the other side of the ball, yeah, Utah is tremendously good against the run, and they're going to be able to stuff a really great running back tandem that they have there with Bucky Irving and Jordan James for Oregon. But at the same time, Utah has been very susceptible to passes and standard downs, which means you're going to see Bo Nix hitting passes at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, real short slants. That's where Utah has been the most vulnerable. So I see an avenue for both of these teams to push each other down the field. I'm not really going to play on the totals because they're both pretty good at, at red zone and finishing drives. But I am going to say this is a complete grind. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes all the way down to the end to a final possession, which I think Oregon's going to win this game by three. So take all those points with Utah. I, I would have no fear with it all the way down to three. Uh, Colin, let's go to the Louisville-Duke game with Louisville, about a six-point home favorite against Duke in between five and a half and six, total of 46. Any bets here? It's tough because this is a Riley Leonard game. We talked about it last week. No one thought he was going to play, and then he suits up and he plays, and they're covering, and they're pressing Florida State the entire time, and the second he comes out, there's just nothing there. I, I think this is an under game without Riley Leonard. I'm not sure if we're going to get him to play. So I would wait 90 minutes for the game, get on Twitter, do a search on his name. That's how, find people that are in the stadium watching him warm up. That's what I did last week. It's why I was betting Duke uh, all, you know, big losing ticket because Riley Leonard was playing. But you'll want to find out if he's playing. If he's not, this is an under all the way because you have to see like Jack Plummer, quarterback for Louisville. Is he going to have success against a top 10 coverage unit of Duke that runs cover three and cover one? Jack Plummer hasn't had much success against that. So I don't see a lot of points. I think it should be 46 without Riley Leonard. It should be about 53 with Riley Leonard. So play to those numbers. 
Colin, Ohio State was the big winner last week, obviously, in terms of like likelihood to make the playoff, win the national championship, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr., like Heisman odds, like they beat Penn State and all those things become more possible. And then this game was always going to be kind of interesting following that game. Like they, they go on the road to Wisconsin and, you know, or before the season starts, you could have been like, oh, maybe this ends up being like a, a really competitive, not a small spread game, but maybe a touchdown and Wisconsin's rolling and this gets really fun. But that's not what's happening. And Wisconsin's had injuries at the quarterback position. And Ohio State is a talk about a bizarre side total 14 and a half on the road with 45 being the total in the game and the yeah. over has gotten bet to be fair just like what what are we supposed to do i i actually kind of think wisconsin could keep this close just like night game road for mccord but like if that doesn't happen there's like a big talent difference between these teams yeah i mean i i took wisconsin 14 and a half uh, i may get 12 but there's some there's reasons in the wisconsin coverage what they do that i think is going to give kyle mccord some problems um, when you look at what Wisconsin does, yeah, they run a lot of cover one and Kyle McCord has struggled against that. He has a pretty average success rate and a very low EPA, which is explosiveness against cover one. So uh, this Ohio State team is not explosive. They are not a national championship caliber. They have issues running the ball. I don't care if Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams, I don't care if they're all healthy. They're having problems running the ball. And so, you know, when you go through that, Kyle McCord is just not going to wake up and all of a sudden turn into C.J. Stroud or turn into Justin Fields. They don't have the explosiveness to beat a team like Wisconsin at home, at night, with a huge spread, with a low total. They just they don't have it in them, I think, to win this with that many points. And when you go to the Wisconsin side of the ball, I mean, we have Braden Locke running quarterback here, uh, probably just not enough exposure. Uh, he's already got four turnover-worthy plays. So I'm really kind of making a case for the under here. But more importantly, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points. That puts a lot of value on 14 and a half. This Ohio State team, I, I hate it. We're going to get our first college football playoff ranking next week. And, you know, their their national title odds are getting juiced up. They're, they're terrible. I, maybe they make the playoff. Maybe they don't. It would be probably the biggest bet of my entire life if Ohio State makes a college football playoff. I'll take whoever it is they're playing because I do not believe in them whatsoever. I love that. The strong take from Colin there on Ohio State. My friend, let's close with this. One other game, one other bet that we have not yet discussed on the show that you love. I guess you could dislike it also, but hopefully you love it. For our listeners and viewers, please. <laughs> Let's go. Um, boy, there's a couple of them. Uh, I do like Tennessee against Kentucky, but I'm going to pivot off and say that I like UCLA to go over their team total points against Colorado. If you watch Colorado, all they are this year is just an explosive magnet. All they do is create explosives on their side and they give up explosives. They're 126th and giving up explosive passing. Dante Moore, say whatever you want about his pick sixes. They've all been like real short slants in a crowd, but he is actually nine to one big time throw to turnover worthy play rate on passes over 20 yards. He throws a tremendous deep ball, which is exactly where you attack Colorado. So I, I think UCLA is going to get all the points that they want here. Considering both of these offenses run about 22 seconds per play, there's going to be a lot of extra possessions in this. So I'm going to say UCLA over their team total. I believe it's at 38 and a half right now. The great Colin Wilson joining us here on You Better You Bet. With the best background, by the way, of any guest that we have on video. And it's also like, got to give him credit. Very handsome, our friend Colin Beard looks great. He's looking good these days. Colin, we appreciate it, my friend. He's on Twitter, at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Colin's been coming on our show since 2019. Uh, please support him. Check out Big Bets on Campus with Colin Stuckey and Brett McMurphy. They've all been on the show. And check out his work over at the Action Network. My friend, wishing you the best of luck with your bets this weekend. Stay well, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you for having me, guys. The great Colin Wilson joined the guy. I love him. What a guy. 
lot of love on the show. Also, his, also everybody just loves each other. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's, so his background's 50 times better than mine. Although I guess it looks, it's not too bad, right? Here it is. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, Anthony DeBundo Anthony coming up next as we transition from football to football. Purdy down the middle and intercepted by Bynum. Purdy threw it right to him. 34 ticks left, trailing by five, needing to get into the end zone. Purdy steps through, floats in his pick, and that's it. Bynum gets another. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The voice of Joe Buck for Monday Night Football, Brock Purdy. A couple picks at the end of the game. Niners lose to the Vikings. And then on Wednesday, Brock Purdy enters the league's concussion protocol. And we're all thinking, okay, like Sammy Darnold's going to start on Sunday for the Niners at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Colin Wilson from the Action Network is going to join us here in just a second. And Colin's like in our like waiting room right now. Colin, we got just like a couple pieces of breaking news that came. And we're just going to report them here. Get Ken's initial take. And then we'll bring Colin on to give us his college football bets for the weekend. But uh, Matt Barrows, uh, who covers the the Niners for the Athletic, tweeting about 20 minutes ago, Purdy's practice, and we talked about this yesterday and a little bit on Wednesday, Purdy's practicing again, and as Barrows writes, barring a setback, Purdy's on pace to be cleared from the concussion protocol tomorrow on Saturday, which would put Purdy in, in on track, obviously, to start the game coming up on Sunday against the Bengals. And remember, yesterday we said this, Adam Schefter started to like, walk back his tweets on Wednesday, like a, well, actually, like it, it's not unprecedented that a player could be placed in protocol and still play on Sunday. So maybe Purdy's going to play. It actually feels like that's more likely than not that Purdy starts on Sunday now. Niners hosting the Bengals. And now we officially know Kyler Murray listed as doubtful for Sunday's game by the Cardinals. Um, as they host the Baltimore Ravens, so very likely another week of Josh Dobbs. Procedurally, this matters also with the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. I'm not saying Kyler's definitely getting dealt, just that if he has an injury designation, the Cardinals don't have to activate him to the 53-man roster. If he had, did not have an injury designation, then they would have had to activate him, so they don't have to activate him to the uh, to the active roster right now. So just like a little bit going on behind the scenes there maybe with Kyler. I'm not reporting anything. He could very well start next week for Arizona. So Ken, those two people pieces of news. Kyler doubtful. Purdy looks like we'll likely to start, it feels like right now, but not confirmed yet. And then we'll bring Colin on to give us his college football bets. Yeah, this is uh, as you would expect. So like line movement in the NFL during the week is like very, very much predicated on like public injury information. And when it becomes available, uh, as you would imagine, this information becomes available. We're reading it on the show. It's very public. Uh, a lot of markets have gone from four. So the Niners were four point favorites. The board is just littered with four and a halfs right now and things are like starting to move a little bit. Uh, five is a really dead number. So, you know, I think we could just stay here like rather than the five and a half that we were when Purdy was going to play. I think something in this range may makes a lot of sense but that move is not surprising like the idea that a lot of places went four to four and a half on the idea that he's going to play and just to remind people this was five and a half six at the start of the week when Purdy was not in concussion protocol now to be fair no money had really entered the market yet but that's kind of where we were prior to all this happening so you feel like we're at least back close to where the market was when he was going to play and now it comes back to just like okay but even that being said what do people like in the game people think the Bengals are going to turn into something different uh you know by week and all that stuff maybe um or play on San Francisco because they haven't been very good for a couple weeks so that's where we are in that market basically four to four and a half there's not going to be a move in the the Ravens Cardinals market for this Sunday because like 
it's going to be Josh Dobbs. Now this got bet out to nine and a half very early in the week. I think a, an interesting game day question for this game is, is there just going to be so much interest in the Ravens that this goes to 10 and what happens when we get to that number? I know for me, that is a buy point for Arizona for sure in the game. If you don't have any action already on the game. So we can talk about that on Sunday probably, but the biggest thing is pretty more likely to play a lot of places go four to four and a half. And that is for our live audience, the breaking news here. Um, so again, looks like Brock Purdy, I think he's likely to start based on that tweet from Matt Barrows from The Athletic. And then Kyler Murray listed as doubtful by the Arizona Cardinals. We apologize to our guest, the great Colin Wilson, who joins us every Friday here on the show. Colin, sorry about that. We had the breaking news. I had to, like, had to get it into the show there. Colin is the best. ActionNetwork.com, the Action Network app. His podcast, Big Bets on Campus. We encourage everybody to check it out, featuring friends of the show, not just Colin, but Brett McMurphy and Stucky as well. And he's on Twitter at underscore Colin1. My friend, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. How's it going? Uh, it's nice listening to you guys talk about NFL. A league where you have to report your injuries, it's just not a world that I live in. It's not a world that I know about. There, I don't get to learn about injuries until five minutes before kick. So um, sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Nick Nick writes in the chat, well, like Arthur Smith kind of kind of didn't do that. And a lot of people got screwed because they probably had Bijan Robinson props and and uh, and, you know, maybe maybe Ben props, maybe Adam in fantasy, maybe Adam in daily fantasy. But you're right. And and college is just it's the Wild West with this kind of stuff. And maybe I, I don't know if any of the biggest games that we'll talk about will have injury concerns in the quarterback position. But, man, there's like 25 games that have injuries at the quarterback. So, God, I mean, God bless you, Colin, for going through all those <laughs> those injury reports and all of that information. There isn't like a marquee game this week, Colin, where it's like, well, we have to start with you know LSU Alabama, which we'll obviously start with, start with going for next week. But why don't we, why don't we do the Heisman first? Just because it feels, we usually do this kind of to close. It feels so open right now. And we talked about this last week. You said, hey, like one game, this thing could get crazy. Penix plays bad. Now we're in crazy town. Like that's really where we are right now. Like JJ McCarthy has become the favorite. Also his team cheats. So that could be problematic. <laughs> Michael Penix is the second choice. He was really bad last week, but like still has been very good this year. Jaden Daniels from LSU is in there. Travis is in there. Dylan Gabriel's in there. Bo Nix is in there. Marvin Harrison Jr. is still kind of a long shot, but had a big game and, and gained some traction. How, how Are you betting this thing right now? What do you make of this feels like the craziest week of the year to talk about this award? Uh, for the record, I'm not betting this because I'm not allowed to bet it, uh, but I am to, allowed to vote. Fair enough. But I, I, I would happily give gambling advice for those that want to bet in this market. Uh, listen, the, the bet you need to make this week is Bo Nix at uh, 20 to 1 on the Heisman, because if you look, I, I did a piece at Action Network this week, came out on Tuesday about who has the easiest path to sweep the remaining schedule. And, you know, teams fell 73%. I think Florida State was like 89%. Yeah, I mean, I'm including the conference championship games. Well, Oregon was up there like around 80%. And if you look at their schedule for the rest of the year, if they get through this Utah game, they're hosting USC at home, not really worried about it. You know, they're hosting Oregon State at home, not really worried about it. I mean, they have the easiest schedule of everybody in the Pac-12 that's remaining when everybody's got to collide and go up against each other. And Bo Nix is just a different animal at home. He is way more productive at home than he is on the road. So if he can pull it off, and get this win here at Utah. That 20 to 1 is going to have monster value. He's got a 19 to 1 TD to INT ratio, and he's only 400 passing yards short of Michael Penix. So, in my opinion, yeah, I know what the numbers are for McCarthy and Penix, but if you're looking for value on the board, by far it's Bo Nix, who just needs to win this game, defend home, and he's probably in the college football playoff. Nick and Ken, you better, you better. Phenomenal football Friday, college football bets and thoughts with the great Colin Wilson from the Action Network on Twitter at at underscore Colin one, Colin spelled with two L's. Colin, could be a big game, could be a small game. What's your favorite bet coming up this weekend in college football? 
I think Georgia Florida is going over the total. I, this is uh, it took some steam down below 48. 48 is very key. We're above that at 49. 49 is pretty key. The next one you got to look for is 55. But when people heard about the Brock Bowers injury, they immediately thought that this would hurt the Georgia offense. Well, I just don't think you're paying attention to what these guys have with Ra Ra Thomas out on the outside. They have so many explosive players to go to for Carson Beck. Glad McConkey is healthy now, but when really this comes down to Dominic Lovett, he's in the slot. He's going to take all of those passing routes that Brock Bowers had. And you look at Dominic Lovett this year, he's got like 30 catches, only one TD, kind of buried in the depth chart of, of places for Carson Beck to throw. But last year he had 2.9 yards per route run at Missouri's offense. Like he was one of the best wide receivers in Missouri's offense. Now he gets a chance to shine. And when you look at Mike Bobo and the history that he has at Georgia being the offensive coordinator and calling plays, whether it's at Georgia or it's at Colorado State, it's play action pass and it's four verticals downfield. This Georgia offense is about to be more explosive. I'm not going to say it's going to be more successful. I don't think anybody can move the chains better than Brock Bowers. But when you're looking at explosive plays, that's what's about to happen with Georgia down the field. And if you look at Florida's secondary, I think they're 111th in defending explosive pass. Give me the over in this game uh, in, the, in the world's largest cocktail. Colin, I know you alluded to, to Bo Nix Heisman. Like, that's the bet that you would make right now because the, the schedule toward the end. And to be fair, and, and I think you make a great point, those USC and Oregon State games at the end of the year, I mean, that's like totals in the 80s. You know, like those games are just like, you know, offensive bonanzas, which is really good for, for getting stats to, to win the Heisman. And you might have said it in the answer, and I might have missed it. Do you have a bet on this game against Utah? Obviously, I think this game's not going to be like that. This game probably not going to be a shootout. Oregon six, six and a half on the road is kind of a funny setup. Utah, obviously, off that USC upset last week. Yeah, I, I do. I, I bought Utah at seven. That's not there. I would still buy it at six. I'd buy it at five and a half. I make the game three. This game is going to be a complete grind. I, I don't think you can really point to any Utah offensive stat because that offense changes week to week. We've now got a defensive back who's their star on the offensive side. We got a pig farmer lining up underneath center as the quarterback who beat the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, this offense is the craziest story in college football. No one's talking about it because it's late at night, but. Utah's offense, I, I can't really tell you how great they're going to be against Oregon, but what I do know is that Oregon has holes and deficiencies, especially against the pass, that Utah is going to be able to take advantage of. When you go to the other side of the ball, yeah, Utah is tremendously good against the run, and they're going to be able to stuff a really great running back tandem that they have there with Bucky Irving and Jordan James for Oregon. But at the same time, Utah has been very susceptible to passes and standard downs, which means you're going to see Bo Nix hitting passes at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, real short slants. That's where Utah has been the most vulnerable. So I see an avenue for both of these teams to push each other down the field. I'm not really going to play on the totals because they're both pretty good at, at red zone and finishing drives. But I am going to say this is a complete grind. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes all the way down to the end to a final possession, which I think Oregon's going to win this game by three. So take all those points with Utah. I, I would have no fear with it all the way down to three. Uh, Colin, let's go to the Louisville-Duke game with Louisville, about a six-point home favorite against Duke in between five and a half and six, total of 46. Any bets here? It's tough because this is a Riley Leonard game. We talked about it last week. No one thought he was going to play, and then he suits up and he plays, and they're covering, and they're pressing Florida State the entire time, and the second he comes out, there's just nothing there. I, I think this is an under game without Riley Leonard. I'm not sure if we're going to get him to play. So I would wait 90 minutes for the game, get on Twitter, do a search on his name. That's <laughs> find people that are in the stadium watching him warm up. That's what I did last week. It's why I was betting Duke uh, all 
you know, big losing ticket because Riley Leonard was playing, but you'll want to find out if he's playing. If he's not, this is an under all the way because you have to see like Jack Plummer, quarterback for Louisville. Is he going to have success against a top 10 coverage unit of Duke that runs cover three and cover one? Jack Plummer hasn't had much success against that. So I don't see a lot of points. I think it should be 46 without Riley Leonard. It should be about 53 with Riley Leonard. So play to those numbers. Colin, Ohio State was the big winner last week, obviously, in terms of like likelihood to make the playoff, win the national championship, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr., like Heisman odds, like they beat Penn State and all those things become more possible. And then this game was always going to be kind of interesting following that game. Like they, they go on the road to Wisconsin and, you know, or before the season starts, you could have been like, oh, maybe this ends up being like a, a really competitive, not a small spread game, but maybe a touchdown and Wisconsin's rolling and this gets really fun. But that's not what's happening. And Wisconsin's had injuries at the quarterback position. And Ohio State is a talk about a bizarre side total 14 and a half on the road with 45 being the total in the game and the yeah. over has gotten bet to be fair just like what what are we supposed to do i i actually kind of think wisconsin could keep this close just like night game road for mccord but like if that doesn't happen there's like a big talent difference between these teams yeah i mean i i took wisconsin 14 and a half uh, i make it 12 but there's some there's reasons in the wisconsin coverage what they do that i think is going to give kyle mccord some problems um, when you look at what Wisconsin does, yeah, they've run a lot of cover one and Kyle McCord has struggled against that. He has a pretty average success rate and a very low EPA, which is explosiveness against cover one. So uh, this Ohio State team is not explosive. They are not a national championship caliber. They have issues running the ball. I don't care if Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams, I don't care if they're all healthy. They're having problems running the ball. And so, you know, when you go through that, McCall McCord is just not going to wake up and all of a sudden turn into C.J. Stroud or turn into Justin Fields. They don't have the explosiveness to beat a team like Wisconsin at home, at night, with a huge spread, with a low total. They just they don't have it in them, I think, to win this with that many points. And when you go to the Wisconsin side of the ball, I mean, we have Braden Locke running quarterback here, uh, probably just not enough exposure. Uh, he's already got four turnover-worthy plays. So I'm really kind of making a case for the under here, but more importantly, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points. That puts a lot of value on 14 and a half. This Ohio state team, I, I hate it. We're going to get our first college football playoff ranking next week. And you know, their, their national title odds are getting juiced up. They're, they're terrible. I, maybe they make the playoff. Maybe they don't. It would be probably the biggest bet of my entire life. If Ohio state makes a college football playoff, I'll take whoever it is they're playing. Cause I do not believe in them whatsoever. I love that. The strong take from Colin there on Ohio state, my friend, let's close with this. One other game, one other bet that we have not yet discussed on the show that you love. I guess you could dislike it also, but hopefully you love it. For our listeners and viewers, please. <laughs> Let's go. Um, boy, there's a couple of them. Uh, I do like Tennessee against Kentucky, but I'm going to pivot off and say that I like UCLA to go over their team total points against Colorado. If you watch Colorado, all they are this year is just an explosive magnet. All they do is create explosives on their side and they give up explosives. They're 126th and giving up explosive passing. Dante Moore, say whatever you want about his pick sixes. They've all been like real short slants in a crowd, but he is actually nine to one big time throw to turnover worthy play rate on passes over 20 yards. He throws a tremendous deep ball, which is exactly where you attack Colorado. So I, I think UCLA is going to get all the points that they want here. Considering both of these offenses run about 22 seconds per play, there's going to be a lot of extra possessions in this. So I'm going to say UCLA over their team total. I believe it's at 38 and a half right now. The great Colin Wilson joining us here on You Better You Bet with the best background, by the way, of any guests that we have on video. And it's also like, got to give him credit. 
Very handsome, our friend Colin Beard looks great. He's looking good these days. Colin, we appreciate it, my friend. He's on Twitter, at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Colin's been coming on our show since 2019. Uh, please support him. Check out Big Bets on Campus with Colin Stuckey and Brett McMurphy. They've all been on the show. And check out his work over at the Action Network. My friend, wishing you the best of luck with your bets this weekend. Stay well, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you for having me, guys. The great Colin Wilson Jr. The guy, I love him. What a guy. A lot of love on the show. Also, his, also everybody just loves his, each other. His, it's great. His, so his background's 50 times better than mine. Although I guess it looks, it's not too bad, right? Here it is. Yeah, uh, Anthony, Anthony DeBundo Anthony coming up next as we transition from football to football. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. All right. Phenomenal football Friday here on the show with Nick and Ken. Uh, 20 minutes from now, the locomotive will leave the station. Ken Barkley's entire college football card for the weekend. Brad Evans will join us next hour. Ben Solak from The Ringer will join us next hour. And uh, I, I don't know how we're going to... Now we're going to fit everything into the final hour of the show. We got a lot we got to give out. All the NFL bets for this weekend. We got to give out our NBA bets for tonight, a billion games, bets of steel in the National Hockey League, and our thoughts for game one of the World Series with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Um, Anthony DeBundo, who joins us now on the show, is a big time Philadelphia Phillies fan. So we, I think. I think you'll probably be pulling for the Texas Rangers would be my guess coming up in game one tonight and for the entire World Series. But Anthony joins us now here on the show, uh, talking soccer as he always does on Fridays. Anthony's podcast, the Soccer Betting Podcast, is Wonder Goal. We encourage, encourage everybody to check it out. Anthony's awesome, comes on our show, support him. Check out the Wonder Goal Podcast and check out his work over at the Action Network and follow him on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur looking good yet again, huh? Yeah, 2-0 up, 86 minute right now. Uh, looks like it's going to be a Friday night win for Spurs. Put their feet up over the weekend and watch the carnage across the league. They're going to be five points clear at the top of the table. After 10 matches, they bring in Ange Postacoglu. They started the year as high as 100-1 to to win the league. And now, uh, you know, there's still not a ton of market respect for Spurs. And I generally agree with it. I think that there's a lot of air in the numbers when you look, you know, beyond just the results and you look at some, you know, how they got some of their results. First of all, you know, they get two red cards when they play Liverpool, which is one of their two toughest matches. They have not played Newcastle, Manchester City, Brighton, uh, Aston Villa. They played the fifth easiest schedule in the league as well. Uh, and there is some air in their numbers, whether it's from an XG4 or against perspective. My power ratings, I still have them as the fifth best team closer to sixth than third so i'm really not sure they're going to keep this up but look they've banked a lot of points now and that's you know what counts in the end so they keep out running this regression that i think is ultimately coming they're going to get a real big test next monday against chelsea uh it's gonna be a monday night football match monday night football uh that's going to be a really really tough test and one that i think will be a good measuring stick to figure out you know how good are these two teams because right now uh, both have had Rocky, one's had a Rocky start, one's had a great start, but the underlying metrics kind of suggest they're pretty even. So I'm excited for that one. But yeah, I'm not quite buying the Tottenham Helium yet. Uh, I'm still selling them for top four and think that Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, City are all still better teams, uh, true talent. Anthony, we can we can do this quickly so we can move on. But it, and you know, we have El Clasico and a bunch of Premier League stuff to go over too. Some really good bets, I think. Is the market's closed because Tottenham's playing right now, so like you, you can't bet to win the Premier League. So I don't have any prices to like give to you to say, okay, like if Tottenham, if this keeps going, and you're like, all right, like at some point they'll regress, but the, the season is like impossibly long, and let's say this goes for like a pretty long time. Of those four teams that you mentioned, 
that you know you think are gonna, are very likely to finish at the top of the table is there one like a bet that that you would like right now i'm gonna guess man city's gonna open tomorrow like as a really big favorite still to win the premier league is it just them and you hope tottenham like goes 20 clear or 15 clear and, and man city chases them down like how do you hope this play out plays out in order to, to make some bets yeah, I mean, you know, last year we got a very unique opportunity, right? Arsenal kept doing this same thing. Now, Arsenal had a little bit more solidity to their numbers, but then Arsenal got bit by injuries. And that's the biggest thing for Spurs right now. Like, everybody's healthy. If that stays true, they're not in Europe. They do have an advantage there. They could continue to outperform here. But if one or two players go down, the depth in attack is really, really thin. Uh, they're very reliant on Son and Madison. And if one of them goes off, I think that's a problem. Uh, so that's one thing to consider and be concerned about. If they get out to a bigger lead, though, of course, I'm going to look to come back on City. The one team I think that still has the best chance, and I've said this since the beginning of the season, the highest ceiling team to upset City is clearly Liverpool. Uh, when you look at their attacking talent, they got this 21-year-old Dutch midfielder in, Ryan Gravenberg. He was a highly sought-after prospect from Holland, went to Bayern, kind of flopped. And now Liverpool's kind of reclaimed reclamation project here. He's really, really impressed thus far. So I think Gravenberg could be the missing piece in that midfield to help them defensively. They're very young, and they have so much attacking firepower. So Liverpool is still the team for me that has that ceiling uh, to upset City if anybody's going to do it. Anthony, we'll get to some Premier League bets for the weekend, but let's go over to Spain first to La Liga, where we have El Clasico coming up on Saturday morning with Real Madrid and Barcelona. And taking a look at the La Liga table, I don't even... And like I know a lot about soccer. I don't even know how to pronounce this team that's atop of La Liga right now. Dun 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 dun. My Garona, G-I-R-O-N-A. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, Real Madrid is second, Barca's third, one and two points behind uh, My Garona, respectively, or Girona, Girona. I have no idea. Anyway, Real Madrid and Barca coming up tomorrow. What's the bet for El Clasico? Yeah, so there are some key injuries to pay attention to here for Barcelona. Most notably, Frankie de Jong might be back here in the midfield. Uh, he's missed a bunch of time with an injury in the last month. And then the big one is Robert Lewandowski. He has not played the last few weeks, missed time due to injury as well. He did not play in the Champions League this week. Barcelona basically played the kids and still rolled against Shakhtar in the Champions League. That's a weakened Shakhtar team. But this matchup, I don't agree with the price. Even if Lewandowski is out, I can't get to this being a toss-up in Barcelona. I came into the year with Barcelona as the better team through the first 10 matches of the season, we can just do raw expected goal differential. Real Madrid, plus 0.8 per 90. It's pretty good. It's slightly better than last season. Jude Bellingham has helped, but they lost Karim Benzema, and they had never really replaced him. And so I think there's a little bit of a hole in their attack. Now, Bellingham has taken the leap, right? He's 20 years old. He's put up some unbelievable numbers uh, from a goal-scoring perspective. He's the leading goal scorer in La Liga, which is insane to think about. But I'm wondering how you know sustainable that is. You look at Barcelona. I mentioned how Real was plus 0.8 per 90. Barcelona plus 1.2 per 90. Considerably better underlying numbers. And they're at home. And Lewandowski is questionable. So if he's in there, I really like this. I still like this. Pick a minus 115 at home. Uh, the, the market and I have been in disagreement about Real Madrid for a long time. Uh, and I generally lose those bets in like the Champions League and in these one-off tournaments where they run so well. But over the course of time, I think the market... Uh, has overvalued them in La Liga for a while now, and Barcelona is the clear better team. So I like Barca in the El Clasico tomorrow. Anthony, let's do some some EPL for a couple matches, and we'll do where, where in the world if we have time. Although we kind of just like took took the jet to Spain, and now we're we're coming back again. Maybe we take another flight at the end of the interview. We'll see. Uh, West Ham and Everton. I know one of the EPL matches you wanted to talk about. Uh, what do we like here? Yeah. So West Ham. If you you know you watch West Ham, you think of them as a very defensive. 
um, anti-possession team. They're always defensively well-organized under David Moyes. They're not going to concede a lot of big chances. And that was the case for most of the last couple of years, but their defensive numbers have really slid this year. In fact, they're down to 16th in expected goals allowed per match this year. That is down there with the relegation fodder, the Bournemouths, the Burnleys, the Luton Towns, and the Sheffield Uniteds of the world. So they've taken a real step back defensively and compare that to Everton. If you look at Everton's season-long numbers, they're right around league average. If you look at Everton early in the season, they were really struggling for points and goals because they were playing a lot of reserve attackers. They have a lot of injuries. They have a very thin squad. So I think the market is kind of dragging down Everton's numbers because of all those minutes they played with the backups in. And now you're getting a much healthier inform Everton with Calvert-Lewin available, with uh, Beto available, with Harrison available. This is the best group they have. And they're putting up really impressive attacking numbers. I think a couple weeks ago, I, I gave out Everton on this show against Bournemouth, completely steamrolled them. They have quietly put together a pretty impressive group of attackers that make them live here. So I like them plus a half and think they're worth a money line sprinkle as well. Uh, I think they have a real chance to pull off an upset. West Ham also in a weird travel spot did play at Greece uh, against Olympiacos on Thursday, which they lost. They did do some rotating there, but definitely a weird travel spot for the Hammers coming home now back to London from all the way across the continent. Nick and Ken here. You better you bet. Phenomenal football Friday, getting soccer bets for the weekend with our friend Anthony DeBundo of the Wonder Goal podcast and the Action Network on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. Anthony, we got three more things we want to hit here, about four minutes to go. So if you could give us this one in about a minute, if you'd be so kind. What about the Manchester Derby coming up this weekend with City and United? City obviously favored, United just eighth in the EPL table. Eighth might be generous based on how United has played this season. And that that's the reality. Like, they have not played that tough of a schedule. They have not played Liverpool. They have not played Newcastle. They have not played Chelsea. They have not played City yet. And they're sitting in eighth with expected goals numbers that are closer to about 11th. So there's real questions with United. The midfield has not come together at all, as, as I thought they might. They're still dealing with injuries. Their wingers, half of them are either suspended. The other half have underperformed badly based on the expectations. And this new striker, Hoyland, he's shown moments, but the, the consistent production has not been there either. So I'm lower than the market on, on, on United, and I'm, I'm not looking to really bet them here, but I'm not laying 145 with road chalk for City. City has created less than one expected goal in three straight matches in the league. That has not happened since we have XG data under Pep Guardiola. So we have to go way back to figure out the last time that happened. Uh, Anthony, it's, it's time once again for Where in the World is Anthony DeBundo, which we already kind of don't tell me, Spain, but like, yeah, because you, you did Spain already, but like, we'll go, like, go somewhere else. You can go back, you can actually go back to Spain if you want, as long as the bet is really good. So, where are we going? Uh, and you got about a let's go to let's go to Naples, short flight, uh, yeah. Napoli against Milan this weekend. Really interesting matchup. The market says these two teams are about even. I don't agree with that. I think Napoli is a little better, but I like the under more than I like Napoli, two and a half under. Uh, Victor Osimhen is not going to play for Napoli, and he is so valuable and so important. The best player in Serie A on a uh, you know game-to-game basis in terms of value to their team and importance metrics. So he is extremely critical, and you saw they missed him this week against uh, against uh, Berlin in the Champions League as well. And Milan, Christian Pulisic has four goals. He's taken 13 shots in 11 games. That's really, really bad. Olivier Giroud is tailing off. He's getting older too. His numbers have really fallen off this year. There's just not much attack I like in either game here. Milan, very boring possession team, under 2.5, minus 110. Say this about Olivier Giroud. Very handsome. 
And I was yes. I was just in Naples this summer for my honeymoon, and, I, and it is however crazy you think they are there for for Napoli, it they're crazier for Napoli than like anyone thinks that they are. It was it was a sight to behold. I've kind of adopted Napoli as my favorite Italian team after that. Anthony, we do have about like twenty seconds left here. Uh, my Chelsea, my Blue is going to beat Brentford this weekend in like twenty seconds. I think Chelsea is turning a corner, but I also think the market's perennially undervalued Brentford and Chelsea's problems that they still have, which is just like converting good possession into shots, is exactly what Brentford is very good defensively at. So I, I do like the Bees as a dog, but uh, I think Chelsea's starting to improve. Finally, I think it's like four straight wins now for the Blues. Uh, they had the draw against Arsenal too, where they were the better team. So uh, I'm, oh, I'm getting excited a little bit about Pochettino. Yeah, that was up 2-0 in the game, and then Arsenal like rescuing it with two goals towards the end of the game to, uh, to rescue that draw. That was that was pretty brutal as a Chelsea fan. Anthony, we love having you on the show. We sincerely appreciate it. I know you'll be rooting on the Texas Rangers, and so will I in the World Series, so we thank you for that as well. Check out Anthony's uh, soccer betting podcast. <laughs> I love that. Check out Anthony's soccer betting podcast, Wonder Goal, and all his written work over at the Action Network, actionnetwork.com. My friend, thank you so much. Good luck with all the bets this weekend. I'll, I'm tailing you on all of them, and uh, we will talk to you next week here on on the show. Thanks for having me. Our good, I, I, I gotta tell you, I love that spot. I love having soccer bets on the weekend and just like checking the scores of the game to see how they did. Sure. It's the absolute best. Uh, coming up in a couple minutes, the locomotive set to leave the station. Ken's entire college football card for Saturday in moments. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network.